Yes, we are back. For a second, I thought this was wine and forgot that I put the rest of my Arnold Palmer in my <laughs> wine glass, and that was confusing. Different flavors. Different. Um, I'm getting wine. Yeah, we're opening an orange wine now. What a same, fun same opening episode. Same company, but we're we're rating two different bio wines from Union Sucre. What I love about it is what? I know the other one was too, right? Yeah. I'm not ready yet, but like it's available it's to us. It's okay. Available. It's on the floor. Okay. Okay. So I'm plug back in. my burning questions. Okay. I have three. Three. <laughs> one is inspired by our salt burn screening last night. If you're sitting okay. in a theater and a man's going to pass over you, would you ref- prefer he do so ass to your face or crotch to your face? Like to get out of the aisle? Or because in, Because that yes. happened many times. Yes. Ass to my face or crotch to my face? Yeah. Oof. I think ass to my face because I if agree. crotch is to my face, it's also your face to my face. Yes, and your nasty and maybe breath. Yeah, yeah. There's like two uh, and your risky belly button, areas. Which is it's also true. maybe smelly. Get it all away from me. If your belly button is smelly, like you really need to do some reflection. I also, I agree. Ask to me because it's, it's fewer orifices facing my direction. Have you in your dating experience come across smelly belly buttons? No, it just seems like it would be. Okay. I'm just glad that that's not like a thing that you're experiencing on the, on the frequent. I don't know why you would be in the belly buttons. Okay. We talked about this at the gym, but. For the pod, for the people. <laughs> Would you rather have your period for 60 days uh, straight or for five days per month each year? 60 days straight, for sure. I agree. Without a doubt. I upped it because I did the math of average. Yeah. And our periods are very different experiences. We are. And that's it. for another. That's a spoiler it teaser. It yeah. Okay. Here's one that we haven't talked about, I think. I'm sorry. But I thought about it and I wrote it down. <laughs> Do you think it's great to make your phone background your partner if so how soon do you do it and if you don't do it what should your phone background be all right so i feel weird answering this because there are people that i love that have their phone background as their partner Mm -hmm. and i say this with no judgment to those people that i love so much respect so much respect my phone background currently has not changed in the last literal 10 years okay mine for like seven yeah and mine is me of and my childhood dog who is no longer alive i'll show it to you mm-hmm. it's it i am in it which does make me feel a little weird because it's my face on my phone screensaver but the point is like my love for my dog that i still have that's yeah. no longer here and i can't change it because every time i see her i'm like oh what a sweet angel and i've been in a relationship for almost eight years at this point mm-hmm I'm sorry, you're not on any of them. And like my regular phone saver in the background is just like a pretty picture. Yeah. Something feels for me personally, and I say this with no judgment to anybody else, because I think it should be what gives you joy. Sure. It, this <laughs> this is what gives me joy, tree branches. <laughs> yes. And that makes sense to me. It does, though. I just, I don't know. I don't, and I just don't put too much thought into it. Mm-hmm. Like, I like just not What's having to Davis's think about phone it. Background? It just some random photo like he d- even even when I call him the image he has is some random art piece that reminded him of my like essence and he has that for everybody in his phone it's not photos of those people I don't know if you have one I'm curious it's like <gasps> he's got like you know my space like you can do yeah, this yeah, in your yeah, like yeah. text message you oh yeah top the people. people 
he has his pinned people that all have them okay. and they're like random things and i'm always i don't ask too many questions his brain works differently than mine and that's what i love but I don't have like I have photos of friends like that are funny photos. I don't, I have a photo of yours and it's just like your like default that you've chosen for everybody else because I just don't oh, yeah. think too much about it unless it's like a moment that I'm like holy shit I have to put this. Like the photo I, I have for Davis that. is like when we first started dating. It's literally him standing in a coffin at the Ed Girl and Poe Museum, oh. which was a memory. My phone background on my lock screen is a film photo that I took when I was in San Diego and I looked up and the trees were just so this that is a looks like a fake photo. photo yeah like a like a default like oh it came in your photo and you choose one of these because it's such oh, a God, pretty nature photo you know it's just I looked up in San Diego and the trees were like so pretty and the sky was so pretty and I took a film photo of it and then my my home screen photo is also a film photo I took of Lisa's room in Duras, France, at the that. chateau we stayed in the first time we stayed there. It's like her window, but I never really think of that. It's just like a pretty picture of like window and curtain That's the and chair. Thing. I like I don't want it to be this emotional experience. I also don't need to be claiming somebody as my person on my phone screen. Like I just don't okay. really care that. This much. is a hot take. I also want to hear. Please call in if you have thoughts about this because I want to hear about it. Yeah, and I say this with no judgment. Other people have yeah. it. It's it should be what gives you joy, or like you don't have to think too hard about it. So just because it works for me one way doesn't mean it has to work for you the other way, and we can all love each other either way. We'll silently judge if we need to. Yeah. Okay. I would love if you would please refill my wine and yours because i can do that we're finally getting into our stories of the day yeah because we have i know there are some topics that you have texted me so we don't forget them that like we haven't explored my yet. last topic of the day is us telling our abortion stories yeah i feel like it's timely it's topical and it's we've had true. enough wine to really I haven't dive publicly in. done it yet i don't know that you have either not that I this is like super public but i can't remember I feel like I've definitely discussed, for sure I've discussed publicly on my Instagram that yeah. I've had one and kind of told an abbreviated version of the story there. Wait, pour a little more here? I mean, I had to anyway to balance it out. ASMR. Yeah. Um, but I don't know that I talked about it on my podcast much. If I did, I forgot about it and you should all forget about it too and I'm going to retell it today. I love that. But I and think one of the things that's like, girls telling stories, we're being silly, we're getting tipsy on yeah. biodynamic wine we're pulling cards we're living in la we're shopping at aaron with no money great but i think there are a lot of things that you and i in particular talk about mm -hmm. that um that i sometimes wish when we were talking there was just like a hidden microphone in the room yeah. that i could just blast to like the fucking senate or, yeah. or just like all women get it like the U2 that got automatically uploaded to everyone's iPhones like I just <laughs> wish that I could be like no but you have to hear this shit because it's insane and it's actually really common and it's actually mm -hmm. really traumatic mm -hmm. and we just smile we and live fucking through it and like we've kind of we've kind of teased on a couple of those topics today but I think the abortion topic is unfortunately once again very topical it's topical it's stigmatized it's relevant it's stigmatized and i i think we both have like so obviously we're talking about it and we're going to get into it we each have our own version of having an abortion experience yep. 
they're such different stories and for such different reasons. Mm -hmm. And I think we like, even though we feel ultimately similarly, I think we have different feelings about it on the outside. Well, and I also think it was different phases of our lives as well, which adds to the layers of it all. Yeah. So this, you know, the whole podcast forever is going to be us telling stories. Mm -hmm. But I think there's always going to kind of be one sort of like hot button topic Mm -hmm. of like, okay, we each have a big story to tell about this or one of us has a big story to tell about this. Mm -hmm. And I, why not just start really fucking strong with our abortion stories? Which because I have a story same and it should be I think uh, without going into the story specifically yet I I just have always felt like when I was going through mine it felt I felt very alone yeah because nobody talks about it because it is this like negative stigmatized experience and I felt it, it just felt really shameful and and as I've gotten older and have had so many female relationships, I'm learning that this is a far more common experience, similar to miscarriage, which I haven't experienced, but so many friends have, family members, what have you. I think that these uniquely female experiences are often quieted and shamed. Sexual abuse, trauma. Yes, absolutely. All the things. And we internalize it. We talk to our friends about it. You know it happens. Exactly. But did you know it happened to your literal best friend in the whole world? There are people that I am close with, maybe not so close anymore, but have been close with in my past that still don't know this story or know Mm -hmm. that I've gone through this. And it's partly because that stage of my life that we had a close friendship, I I felt shame in it. Yeah. And I just think that there's something really powerful in us talking about this and airing these stories to let anybody else that has gone through it through it or is going through it know that you're not alone Mm -hmm. it doesn't look just one way yeah and it's far more common than you think and it's okay to make whatever decision you need to make for that moment in your life despite what the like hot button takes are in the news and I don't even feel like it's worth getting into the politics of it because no. it's so shifty and changey. Like, Absolutely. It's better and then it's worse and it's better and it's way worse and it's way better and then it's oh my God worse. Mm-hmm. It's like, it's not even the point. I feel like if, you're, if you've are if you made it this far into the episode, you know where we stand yeah. on politics. It just seems to be We're normalized. just here to share our stories. But before we do, let's hear a word from our sponsors. <laughs> just kidding. I just have to pee. <laughs> and we're back. We're back. Okay. Do you want to go first or do you want me to? That's up to you. You know both stories. Maybe make a choice on what you think is uh, best to go first. I don't think it entirely matters, but I think I should go first and you should close it out. Go for it. Okay. We love. I remember distinctly, by the way. Mm Mm-hmm us sharing these stories with each other early early friendship days mm-hmm. do you remember where we were in my bathroom you were sitting on a chair in my bathroom i don't know if that's how you remember but that's how i remember it. we have chairs in bathrooms i here. also remember talking about taylor swift in that <gasps> in that evening yeah and me like really understanding your love for her <laughs> so it was a really important what night a roller coaster for you it was <laughs> it was an important night but yeah. i do remember you <laughs> sitting like on a chair in my bathroom i don't remember what we were doing we were doing something i'm sure but talking about this and like sharing that and it had been my first time in my life 
that I was able to share my story in a way that it was like we both had the story you know like I wasn't just telling somebody my story and it was really it was reciprocated yeah which is it felt I felt very seen and it was nice to have that it it really like was part of the yeah the birth of our friendship so I'll leave it at that but yeah so mine and I haven't I don't I'm still not sure how much detail is going to end up coming out right (laughs) now as I talk but mine was in my mid-20s and I think that um I think it's important to hear both of our stories because I think when you mentioned there's a stigma attached to Mm -hmm. the concept and the practice of getting an abortion in general it's so true and I think there's this like almost conservative view of abortion as a form of birth control Mm -hmm. and like okay so what if it is for the 17 women in the world who that's their main form of birth control let them live and spend Mm -hmm. their money and for everyone else where it's just like an accident happened or a trauma happened Mm -hmm. let them live there it's literally none of your business it's none of your business so i think that our stories are different in that in my story i'm in my mid-20s i'm employed i'm in a relationship that's a year and a half long i am thinking I think we were both feeling at the time when this happened that like it was probably a relationship coming to a close, but we're living together. We're doing a life together. Um, all to say, like, I was a woman employed in a relationship when I got pregnant. I found out I was pregnant. I'm going to just say, I don't know how much details to share, but the symptom that made me like, oh, I should take like a pregnancy test that would be crazy but also would it be um was my boobs really hurt hmm. you know when you're like but what's really fucked up about the woman mm-hmm. the woman's experience I know what you're gonna say. is the symptoms of your period mm-hmm. are very similar to the symptoms of pregnancy so similar so like your boobs get tender mm-hmm. i assume mostly women are listening to this and so you already know that um, but my boobs were really tender in a way that was like a little different than I'd ever experienced before. And I was like, that's weird. And also I was a little late. So I took a test, immediately pregnant. Immediately the little <laughs> test was like, you're And she was immediately pregnant. pregnant. And as soon as I took the test, I was pregnant. Um, but there's like a chemical compound that forms in your body and that's what the test is detecting. So like, I don't ever really understand the like six days sooner. It's like if that chemical is in your body and you pee on the stick, it's going to tell you you're pregnant. It's probably the strength in which that chemical comes yeah, off. But it like doubles per yeah. day. So immediately the lines are, are showing like you're pregnant. And I remember and I found out in the downstairs bathroom of the house where I nannied for a family hmm. in Missouri. I was living in Missouri at the time. And I'm in there like commute you know there's like a half bath that everyone who's like sure in the main area uses i'm in that bathroom i've taken the test i'm pregnant and now i have to go finish my work day as a nanny absolutely not holy shit as a nanny which is just finish holy the work day shit. is a lot but as a nanny is just <laughs> with another children layer. with a baby and yeah. a toddler yeah it's a so lot. i immediately text no i don't sorry <laughs> i immediately call planned parenthood mm. And I ask if they perform abortion services and when is their next appointment. And then I call my boyfriend at the time. He doesn't answer. I text him. And I was like, what are you doing tonight? 
and he's like oh i'm going to this concert with so-and-so i'm like cool can you not and can you come home i have something really important to talk to you about and he's like we already bought the tickets and i was like cool 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 can you just come home please it's really important and he's like we already bought the tickets Jesus but it's Christ. an emergency it's an emergency wait at the concert or my situation your situation but to him the, <laughs> to him, the concert the is an emergency because they spent 18 dollars a piece so funny mine's involved mine has a concert yeah. involved in it love too. a concert yeah so he so i was like okay cool live your life um so i put the test in a baggie put it in my purse did the rest of my day for proof to show him yeah, yeah. i went home he didn't come home that night. He did the concert and he stayed out. And then when he got home, first thing when he was like, hey, he like I rolled over. I immediately grabbed the test, showed it to him. He's like, I remember, I just remember so clearly him being like, I kind of thought this might be what you had to tell me. And I was like, then why didn't you come home? If this is what you thought Disappointing. my news was and you come still home. went to your concert, that tells me everything I need to know. Mm-hmm. So in my mind, I told him that I told him that that was the news. And then I told him I'd already made an appointment. But the big dilemma for me was, well, twofold. A, money at the time. Mm -hmm. Because it's not free. It's not free. It's not accessible. It was, I want to say around $600. And it was over two appointments. And the two appointments was more my obstacle, more my hurdle, because I work. Mm-hmm. So I needed his help managing the two appointments because in Missouri at the time, I don't know what it is now. Who fucking knows now what it is? But at the time, Surely. you have to go in. They have to, oh, yes, you are pregnant. Mm-hmm. Like verify that you're pregnant. And then you have to go through like counseling. Mm-hmm. I had to do the same. Yeah, to prove that you know the choice you're making and that you're making it of your own free will and that it's really what you want to do. And it's this big life decision. And like, are you sure? That it's the big, like, are you sure? And I'm like, yes, I'm positive. And they ask your whole like, is someone forcing you to say this? Is someone forcing you to be here? Blah, blah, blah. And then you have to wait 72 hours. Mm -hmm. And then you can go in for your follow-up and actually get the procedure. And because I was only six weeks pregnant when I found out, I was able to do the pill method. And I didn't have to do the whole, like, more invasive, like, the vacuum, the whole, like, invasive. I'm just going to call it the invasive Mm -hmm. version. I was able to access the pill version, which I'm so thankful for. Um, But I did have to navigate, like, the appointments that were available are during the week. I need to be driven there. Mm-hmm. Um, what do we do? So my nanny schedule was the toddler went to daycare and I just took care of the baby during the day. This was crazy. Um, he agreed. He was like, whatever you want to do about it, I'm fine with it. And I was like, great, I already made the appointment. He's like, oh, what? And I was like, yeah. Yeah, because you remember went to your just concert said, instead. Remember when you said whatever I want to do, this is what I want to do, and I knew it immediately. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so... I was like, I already made the, the appointment. I need to bring the because I was I couldn't tell the family I needed. In my mind, it's like a it's none of their business, and b what would I tell them? Well, and I you're need also in Missouri. Which time like, off. Yeah, it's not like you're in Cal. Like not to say it like this, but oh. like it's not like you're in California nannying mm. somebody where you could just. No, it's valid. It, it's different. It really is a yeah. different, a different, different experience. It's different. So I. I didn't want to tell them. I didn't want to involve them. I didn't I didn't feel like I could just ask for time off and say I had a doctor's appointment because 
I also didn't know how long the appointment was going to mm-hmm. be. But essentially what I did, and if anyone listening to this is realizing right now they were involved in the situation <laughs> without their will, everyone turned out fine, okay? I did what I had to do to literally survive. Yeah. Um, I, to my boyfriend at the time, was like, I'm going to go to work this day, the morning of my appointment, and I'm going to do the morning with the kids, and then when the toddler goes to school, I'm going to bring the baby here for his nap time, and he's going to take his nap here in our bathroom Mm -hmm. with the fan on versus in his room with the sound machine on. Right. And I'm like, and theoretically, he's going to sleep through my whole appointment, and I scheduled it that way. The irony of me having to handle someone else's baby to get to my abortion appointment. Which, like, let me tell you, even if you now now know at the time knew that you didn't want kids, it still, like, adds a bit to the trauma. Oh, my God, yeah. Well, that's a whole other layer. Is like, right. I thought that I wanted kids at the time but had started leaning toward not. And finding out I was pregnant as an employed, in a relationship, mm-hmm. adult woman. And immediately my thought was like, Mm-mm, who do mm-hmm. I call? Where am I going? Mm-hmm. Was such an indicator for me. Yeah. Of A, I'm definitely not ready, but B, I'm pretty sure I really don't want them. Yeah. Um, but anyway, I scheduled the appointment. I did my morning with the kids. The toddler went off to daycare. I took the baby to my house that mm-hmm. I shared with my boyfriend. He was in his car seat, all tucked in, fed, clean, new outfit, the whole thing. He was perfect. Everything was fine. Um, and I left lots of instructions. I left a bottle with my boyfriend, and I left and went to my appointment alone alone and went to the Planned Parenthood in this city and there's protesters outside yep just classic position there to make you feel like absolute fucking garbage mm-hmm. which they didn't because I felt so sturdy mm-hmm. in my choice and I walked in and it was such a long appointment it's like when you take your car into a place and all of a sudden you're a hostage it's mm-hmm. a hostage situation there's paperwork involved there's insurance and cash involved there's a lot of different rooms you have to go be in a lot of different waiting rooms you have to be in involved and it just i feel like it took i don't think i'm exaggerating four hours oh absolutely that's probably about how long mine was if not longer and the whole time i'm like it's not that i don't have four hours to commit to this it's that i'm technically working right now and i don't know if the baby's all i like not, not to say i didn't think the baby was safe in the care of my boyfriend but it's like he doesn't know how to take care of a baby and I do. And I gave him instructions, but like I'm the caregiver and I was feeling it was definitely like a sneaky move of like I the family didn't know that I was taking sure. the baby to be taken care of by my boyfriend during sure. the work day while I was being paid by them to go to this appointment. But this like this is just an a, I just I feel like it's important to make this like this is a real life example of like you all listening think of me as this well-to-do woman yeah. and i am yeah. and this is what i had to do to make this happen at the time it's not easy it's not easy and i didn't take it lightly right i had my phone on me the whole time just terrified of either someone from the family or of my boyfriend messaging me or calling me that something had happened but i ended up doing the appointment got through all the gaslighty Mm -hmm. aggressive weird therapy of like no this is really what i want to do this is really my decision which by the way and correct me if i'm wrong because i experienced something similar Mm -hmm. is not because plant 
Planned Parenthood is trying to be an asshole. It's no. because of the state yes. laws yes. that are put into place. It's to cover their asses and ours. Which just is adds to the trauma of yep. it all. Yes. So yeah. I just want to say, it's like Planned yeah. Parenthood is amazing, but they're oh, doing the things that they have to do because of these Planned fucked Parenthood up state is, laws. Is some years, depending on what insurance I have as a self-employed girly, Still where I get my pap smear every yes, year. Yes, because it's not just about abortions. It's women's yeah. health. It's I've women's gotten health. STD tests there. And I've it's affordable. Um, yeah. And yeah. grow up. Totally. Everyone. Totally. Big Planned Parenthood fan. Totally. Um, but I also had to do like an exam where they took blood and found out, I can't even remember what it is now, but like some chromosome, whatever, hormonal, I don't know, situation where like I would have to get a shot because of something. And if I didn't... Whatever, I don't even remember. This is before your abortion. Before. You would have had to get the shot? It was like if I ever did get pregnant, I would have to get this shot to make sure the baby was okay. Oh, interesting. Like, and, and get pregnant and going to take it to term. Yeah, yeah. No, which is, uh, again, another layer of stuff. Like they information gave me, on no. how traumatic this experience yes, but is all around. they gave me a card because I did have to get the shot. I had even to get the shot. Even though you were getting the abortion? Yes, I don't really remember. I don't know. I don't remember, but I had to get a card that I kept in my wallet for like 10 years. You gotta do what <laughs> you And then eventually do. I was like, I don't think I need this. Yeah. Um, that it was like a health card that like emergency personnel could find and know like, oh, this about her blood type and whatever. Huh. Um, yeah, but I had, to, I did have to get a shot because I remember I had to wait in a chair for 15 minutes to see if I had a reaction to the mm. shot. Anyway, then I scheduled my follow-up, which was for the weekend. Mm-hmm. So I didn't have to worry about work for that. Good. Um, but I went back, I got the baby, I went back to work, I did the rest of my work day, and it was like, if you weren't involved, if you weren't me or my boyfriend, you had no idea this happened to me. And yeah. I think that's a crazy thing to point out, is I went through a alone mm-hmm. trauma the couple days before, when I knew I was pregnant and my boyfriend wouldn't come home to share in that news with me. And then again, hiding it from everyone in my life, Everyone in my life except my boyfriend. Everyone. So that I could go do this thing that I knew immediately, deep down and all the way up to the surface, is what I wanted to do. And then I had to go do it by myself. And like pay the bill at the end to get my car and like pass the protesters again and come home. And nothing could have convinced me. Nothing could have convinced me otherwise that like that was the wrong decision. I have not regretted it one moment of any day since. It was the right decision. Yeah. I'm so glad that I made it. And actually, it made our relationship for a while a little stronger because we were, yeah. I think, on the way out. And we sort of like bonded through that agreeing that that was the right decision and like sort of like Shared co-facilitating. Trauma. Yeah, we trauma bonded. Yeah. And stayed together probably a little longer than we would have otherwise. Um, and then we eventually broke up. We've never talked about it since. Which is wild, and I feel like that's a more because you have a thing. different. I do, story I do, of that. I do. But we've never talked since. We've never talked about that since. Yeah. But we like got a little stronger for a second, and then ultimately broke sure. up as was going to be the case. It felt I felt at the time, and um, and that family doesn't know that that happened, and it was just this one time thing, almost ten years ago. And I can't imagine like I could have like a seven year old mm-hmm. right now. That's fucking insane. Yeah, and the fact that you... I think that that's a really important thing. Not to say that there aren't women that go through this that after the fact think about it and think like, what if, or have these Listen, residual feelings. I'd love to hear totally anyone's stories because I know like mine is like, 
for all intents and purposes, a very um, privileged version of an abortion story where I was able to pull that money together. I was able to go make the appointments happen, even though I had to sort of finagle it one of the days we did. And like, was I shamed? Not really, because I just didn't tell anyone. Cause I didn't well, that's have the to. thing. You didn't have to. And we like move mountains to make sure that other people don't know about yes. this because you don't want to be shamed. Yeah. You don't want yeah. other people's input. And I really only publicly talked about it during like those COVID year times when like abortion was starting mm-hmm. to come up in like the political sphere, which it is again. Yeah, the which is what's prompted Wade. Mm-hmm, which yep. is what's prompted us to come here again and be like wait should we actually just like tell our stories right like what better girls telling stories stories to come out with in this quote-unquote first episode it's true and not to get political about it but i do think since you took the pill which is the hot topic right now because they're trying to ban said pill i that's not Mm -hmm. how Mm -hmm. i had my abortion i have friends that have had done them that way and family and what have you uh, and I think it's really important to share the fact that you like, I don't want to put words in your mouth, no. but I think it's like that it was safe and you got to do it in the comfort of your yeah. own home and you had oh. control over oh, wait. it. Can I actually talk about that? Please. Because I, I think that's, that's a, really important. That's a detail I kind of missed is, yeah, because like you, I got the shot, which I wish I could remember more about what that was, but maybe Women's if you know, you health, know. You I know. know. Who fucking knows? There's a lot of question marks. If you know, you know, I don't <laughs> even though it happened to me. Which is... Again, a women's health issue, which we should get into in another episode. But I, so they, you, you take the pill there Mm -hmm. and then there's a follow-up pill you take however many hours later, but you do that at home and it was like, just wear a pad and like be comfortable and like have comforts around you, have someone there to take care of you. And my boyfriend again at the time had to go to work and he couldn't take off Mm -hmm. or wouldn't take off. Who fucking knows? But um, didn't have to because it was a yes. you problem. Yes, but like at six week, it's not like it's it's air that's passing. There's like a there's like a collection of cells, and there's a structure that you do have to pass. Well, and you have vaginally. to wait the six weeks. I think that that's something that people don't realize is like you don't just get to find out that you're pregnant. Like you do actually, whether you're taking the pill mm-hmm. or getting. The abortion, the like traditional way, I suppose, is the way to put it. Sure. You have to wait a certain amount of time in order for them to be able to clear whatever that is. So with the pill, I had my initial appointment and then I had my follow-up appointment where I actually got the first pill and then they sent me home with the second pill. And I think within like 48 hours, mm-hmm. I had passed the sort of like physical structure mm-hmm. that I had to pass. Um, but it was alone. Yeah. And I did ask for him to be there with me, and he couldn't or wouldn't. Again, who knows? I don't know it's how. Probably a bit of both. I don't know how it works to work in retail in your twenties, but <laughs> it was really hard for him to take a day off of work, apparently. And so I was just alone in our apartment, and it was. I'm just, if I'm being really honest, like overall anticlimactic mm-hmm. um i historically have much easier periods and all of that stuff than say you mm-hmm. we'll talk about that in a later episode um but like overall it was like fairly effortless a little uncomfortable definitely emotional but it happened and then it was done and it i just really felt more than anything very alone in the process yeah. 
Um, and part of that was my doing. I didn't want to tell anyone, mm-hmm. but I wish that he would have been more present. Of course. Um, and that was just an indicator for me at the time. Um, but it the pill was to take that option away from people feels fucking asinine to me. I have six morning after like mm-hmm. like not plan B but like generic plan B in my freezer right now. Same. That's how terrified women are. Same. It's like we stockpiled off-brand plan B during COVID because yeah. it, we thought it was going to be banned and I we wouldn't have any options. I stockpiled the abortion pill as well yeah. because of what's about to get ruled. It's insane. I think that something worth noting, and this was also my experience, which you all get to hear shortly, is, and I'm not saying this is an absolute that everybody experiences, but when left in moments like these, whether you're going through with having a child, whether you're having an abortion, ultimately it is the woman's body that is going through this experience and the man quite literally quite literally and this is in the traditional aspect i understand that there's science and there's different ways to have children and i love and respect all of that but traditionally speaking it you just the man is not getting pregnant and having to deal with the repercussions of that and it's so easy for them to not be involved in the repercussions of it and it's easier to make an excuse it's easier to say you can't take off from work whereas you could make the same excuse but then you're stuck with this child just impregnant (laughs) right you have to make the choice because it is literally your body and i think that again not to get too political about it but the thing that's so worth noting is us as women are left alone with this process this choice this decision even though it took a man for us to get there it is ultimately our bodies that we are in control over and or are we or exactly yeah and that's the thing to have allegedly, somebody that can allegedly. walk away like in my experience and in yours and in so many that I've heard that the man that put us in that position, yes, we did it together, but the man that also collectively put us in that position was not involved in the downfall of it. I'm sorry, but you should not also be the same people that get the same weighted say in what we're able to do with our bodies. Yeah. Also, before you go into your story, like if anyone's ever seen the girl on TikTok who does the like, interviews of men on the streets and she's like how men like how do women pee with a tampon and they're like you know i don't know that is a thing i guess you just push it to the side figure or like how many tampon what's a hymen and they're like "Uh, isn't that the thing you do when someone's choking it's like fucking grow up i don't know why men are are making any decisions 500 tampons for a week of a woman going to space that's not the right number but it's something ridiculous or or on the contrary like hannah burner is a stand-up comedian who i love who has a lot of tiktoks or like the woman I'm thinking in the purple suit who does the like on the street interviews mm-hmm. of men about reproductive rights. Mm-hmm. It's like, how many tampons do you think a woman uses in a week of a period? And the answers vary from like two, which fucking grow up. Yeah. To like 50. Yeah. Which grow up. Like you don't know anything about the female body. None of you. And also 
now the voice like we're just talking about like the phases of our cycle and like luteal phase ovulation phase how our hormones are changing like well you and i just in the last two months have started talking about that and there's a whole different way to eat for that there's a whole different way to exercise for that we physically look different i'm ovulating so i'm beautiful right now and you're I'm not your period, I'm so you feel disgusting a monster and like that is a thing that's like cyclical and hormonal and very yeah. tangibly real and men don't know about that they i don't give a shit uh, most women don't even and that's and the thing it's like i can't even blame them because yeah. we are so far behind in understanding female health and that is a result of the patriarchy i'm so sorry to say mm. it but it's true no we don't apologize but here. you don't get to then make decisions when you're not educated we're not even fully educated like put some more money into some of these things and then let's talk about it but like you're just not qualified you're just not at all at all all. so will you tell us your story yeah but i have to i have to take a restroom break because we have a (laughs) lot of liquids here so many we're on a second bottle (laughs) we're on a second bottle okay but but to be fair this is over the last three and a half hours it is we talk a lot this is why we started podcasts and this is why we love each other okay see you soon bye i hate my voice no 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 (laughs) (laughs) welcome back i hope you enjoyed that word from our sponsors and we don't have any sponsors not yet not yet yeah anyway Anyway, abortion. (laughs) Keeping it light over here. Back to abortion. Honestly, this is something that I went through a really, really long time ago. And I felt shame in it for so very long. And then I've really gone through a healing process of trying to come to terms with this experience that I'm now, as mentioned previously, have learned is more and more common than I was ever led to believe. And I've always wanted to share this. I haven't done it on a plug public public a public platform welcome to your public platform (laughs) i haven't haven't done it on a public platform but i am very open with friends family whoever about it because i don't feel shame in it anymore and if you feel like i should feel shame in it that's a you problem and not a me problem and i feel very good in that and that's taken me a really long time to get to but yeah it's a part of my story. It's a part of who I am. It's shaped me. Um, and I, I think it's also something you and I both stand by. 1,000%. So it's like, you can't do anything to me about it. No. I am so firm mm-hmm. and that this was the best decision I could have made for many reasons. And I think you yeah. are too, even though you yeah. had such a different, different circumstance sure. and experience in all the ways. It's true. And I think that I had to get to a place with that because, again, this is something that we can talk about on another podcast episode. But I struggle with what I think, because women's health, um, what I think is endometriosis hasn't been properly diagnosed because that literally requires a surgery to make that happen. And there's a lot of risks involved in That's that. That's for but a whole different day. It is. And I've gone down a lot of holes. Holy but hell. Something's not normal um, <laughs> that something's I experience. Something's not right. <laughs> it's not right. And with that, I have had to come to terms with the fact that if and when I ever get to the point with my partner that I do want to try to have kids, that that might not happen for us yeah. or me, depending on what the situation is, if I'm doing that alone or with somebody. And I do think back at this moment in my life that I was pregnant and I 
have wondered like will I regret if I get to this adult part of my life trying to have kids mm-hmm. and I'm unable to mm-hmm. and I have been tormented by that yeah because but, you because yours was the first time you ever had sex yes right? yes that's wild it was so early so I was so young and I have had to do a lot of it I've had to do so much internal healing with that decision that I've made but still even if I get to a point, which I know is easier said than going through that, this experience that I have yet to go through because I haven't been trying to have children. I don't even know if I want them at this mm-hmm. point. But I have to accept the fact that that decision that I made for myself in that time in my life was still the right one for that time in my life, regardless yes. of what I have gone through. Because yes. the experience that I've had from then, I know, That's because crazy. I was 16. The experiences I've had from 16 to 32, which is how old I am now, I wouldn't have had had mm-hmm. I made a different decision. And I won't give those up for anything. Yeah. I just won't. And some of you might think that that's selfish and that's okay, but it's my life and not yours. Yeah. So <laughs> welcome. Sorry. Um, okay. So you have a little bit of the information. So basically, and I will preface to say, because I have a lot of respect in my adulthood for this person that I went through this experience with, who to be fair, was not involved in as much as I would have liked. But we have talked about it. We have reconciled. We are friends now. And I have a lot of respect for him now. Um, And some of this that I'm going to retell is maybe not the not putting him in the most positive light. And it's not to shit on him. It's just my experience in the the story of it all. Exactly. It's my experience of it too. 16 year old versions. Right. And like we're a mess when we're 16 and we're making decisions that like, if you look at me when I was 16, like I'm just a different, we're all, I certainly hope we're all different people than we were when we were 16. you feel the same now as you did at 16. You didn't do some internal work. Maybe look inward. Yeah. And consider that that might not be the best thing. Absolutely. So no matter what I say about this person who I won't name in this experience, I'm I, I don't I, I don't want it to shit on him. I think he's fantastic mm-hmm. and I am grateful for our friendship and I'm grateful that we've made it to the place that we both are at this point in our lives. Yeah. So with all of that said, I was 16. High school. High school. This was my first real boyfriend. Um and it was the first time I ever had sex, which talk about some trauma. <laughs> That's a scary thing in itself. And the funny thing, and, and I don't say this to put blame on him, but we, as you do when you're young, and hopefully now too, because we all should be doing this. Sometimes you have sex with somebody and then you do it again in the middle of the night or the next morning or whatever it is. So I remember I had been drinking. I mean, underage, I was 16, obviously, so sorry about that. I wasn't driving anywhere, I promise. But we had all been drinking at a friend's house, and we decided, like, there weren't parents around, and this was our time to, like, have sex. Great. First boyfriend, amazing. And it was great. As great as your first time can be. And I made sure that we used a condom because that's what I was taught. And we had sex, whatever, went to bed. And then in the middle of the night, it happened again. And in my like half drunken state as a 16 year old child, I just assumed, which now as an adult realized like we don't do that. 
I assumed that because I asked once to put a condom on that you also did again. And I was kind of drunk and in the middle of the night, whatever. We had sex again. What I found out later. Yeah, Yeah. absolutely. We both were. Um, And it was consensual and all of that Mm -hmm. stuff. Like it all felt great and safe. I have nothing against that interaction. But for all intents and purposes, an accident. Yeah. So we um, had sex again, and in my brain, I was just like, certainly where he has a condom on, which sounds so dumb, but I was 16. And I remember the next day, I like told my best friend, because she was there, not in the room. She was (laughs) there at the party. (laughs) Um, And they were also friends. And I told her everything and whatever, and it it was like that exciting moment in your teenage life where you have sex for the first time. But then he decided to tell her and not me that I need to get plan B um, because we had sex without a condom, which was new information to me. And I guess he, he like was concerned about whether I was at risk or not of pregnancy. Great. Great. You were. So she told me that. So then I was left to figure out on my own how a whole other topic how to get plan b as a 16 year old which by the way you're not allowed to get until you're 18 because it's over the counter i think you have to be 18 i think it was also hard maybe you were 17 and now it's much easier yeah i was also in texas which i think is worth mentioning yeah um i think you have to be 17 i remember and this is important because i ended up (laughs) funny enough in hindsight, I didn't know this now, the person that did get me the plan B is an ex-boyfriend. <laughs> but he didn't know that yet, and neither did I. You love to see it. Um, but he was older than That's us. That's a nice circle back. I don't know if he was held back or what the deal was, but he was older, <laughs> so he could access the yeah, plan B, and yeah. he was the only person that I knew. So I had to figure out on my own, because this person that I slept with was not willing to help or communicate with me directly about it, that I was like, oh, shit, I better get this thing. And let me tell you, I moved fast. Mm -hmm. And if anybody knows anything about plan B, you have to take it within a 72-hour window. Mm -hmm. Um, I took it within a 24-hour window because I was like, I'm taking this shit seriously. I'm going to take this thing, right? Which... So I took it, and similar to your abortion pill, it is a two-part pill. You take one, and then you take the other one like 12 hours later or something. It's been some time, but you take it within a window later. And that experience is not fun. It's like birth control on steroids. And I remember, God, there's so many layers to this story, so it might be a little chaotic and apologies. But I remember I took the first pill and I took the second. And I remember distinctly being in so much pain in my shower, obviously at my parents' home because that's where I lived. I was 16. Um, Just like sitting in so much pain. I I remember bleeding. Like I was just it was traumatic in that like my body didn't feel like mine. But I took this thing and felt very adult about it. Like I was making a decision to protect myself. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, so I took this plan B pill clockwork, followed all of the instructions. Um, and then funny enough, probably days later, again, it's been some time. Um, I started to feel some discomfort. And you're not talking to him through this whole process? I think that we were probably texting, but like as you do, and I think especially as being like a young girl, 
you're not saying the things or setting the boundaries or talking about the stuff that you want to because you want this boy to like you. You're right? trying to be cool. You're trying to be Whilst cool. Whilst dealing which with is an abortion. batshit crazy. No, no, but I get, I get it. But I think, I think most we all understand. Yeah. yeah. So I'm sure we were talking and this was my boyfriend at the time, which is different than having in like an adult boyfriend. But we, no, we weren't talking about it, but we were probably interacting. And... Anyway, I remember specifically being in one class with this teacher that was such an asshole and I just had to pee all the time. Mm -hmm. And I was so uncomfortable that like every time I went went to pee, I was like, I want to cry. This is the most painful thing ever. And I didn't understand what was happening to my body. So after like the fifth in a row bathroom break that this teacher was like, fuck off Mm -hmm. you can't go you know those teachers that like don't want you to go to the bathroom which is fucked up which in hindsight it's like no i'm going it's not not asking i'm going yeah yeah. grow up yeah um but it was that kind of teacher so i was embarrassed on top of it i remember calling my mom crying in the bathroom and at the time i love my mom so much and she is one of my best friends lisa um (laughs) she's incredible this is a turning point for our relationship because we were not as close i was a teenage girl my mom was my enemy yeah that she didn't understand my life she's never been a teenage girl you've never been 16 no how dare she so keep in mind that's like how i was feeling at that time but i remember crying calling her when i was in the bathroom just saying like i don't know what's going on but it hurts so much when i pee i keep having to go nothing's coming out and she was like it sounds like you have a uti groundbreaking um one of many in my life at that point first of many um and she was like i'm gonna pick you up from school and take you immediately to the doctors and i remember her asking once i said that to her she was like have you had sex and i was like absolutely not no. what a crazy question what did you say what, what? Was, what was that I'm like what are you talking about the in phone my head like out. how would she huh? know i didn't realize that those two things often connect yeah. which again mm, female quite, health quite directly they don't teach you that in school yeah so yeah. she picked me up from school and can you pause your story oh, to hand me the wine please i would love to you you're so gonna much. need it um <laughs> you've heard it before but you'll need it so mine is much longer and I'm so sorry, but I, all these little details added to the experience of just being young and going through it. And I hope somebody like feels a little bit seen about hearing this. So thank you so much. I need more wine. You're not driving. I'm not. She's sleeping here tonight. Still guys. not driving. And I'm a responsible why, drinker. That's why we're talking for three hours. It's true. We love Get this. Get over it. We love it. So my mom was like i have an appointment for you i'm gonna pick you up from school this is my pediatrician that she made an appointment with me (laughs) because i was still a child okay so she picks me up from school and i get in the car and she was like you have to be honest with me did you have sex i remember and i actually remember like at a dinner with my friends before because we would like go to chili's and like have food because that's a dinner right and like that's, the, my boy, food, right? yeah, <laughs> my boyfriend and his best friend are like, are you going to tell your mom like that you had sex? And I was like, absolutely not. She'd never get it. Little did I know that I would have had to tell her. Yeah. Um, so anyway, I get in the car with no plan to tell her that I've had sex, thinking that I can just get away with this experience because it's my own. And she looks at me and she's like, did you have sex? And I was like, no. Why do you keep asking me that? I don't understand how these are Why related. Why do you keep asking me that? It makes no, unrelated. no relevance. <laughs> the unrelatedness overall is alarming. Absolutely not. Stop looking at Absolutely me. Absolutely not. 
And I'm, I don't like lying. I just don't. And I hit a breaking point with it that I remember sort of just being like, yeah, I did. I did. And I'm so sorry because I grew up, which funny now in a Catholic household that I was raised Catholic and my mom still identifies as Catholic and good for her, but she's uh, more progressive than that sounds. Mm -hmm. And at the time telling your mother that you had sex at 16, not to mention not married, but at 16 felt just like the worst yeah. thing I could have done in life. Yeah. So that was an extra layer and I was just so scared to tell her, I but mean, I told her. I told my parents like an hour before I posted it online. So I feel you. It's tough. <laughs> it's tough. And it's, had I not gotten this UTA, UTA, UTA. UTI, yeah. I, I actually don't know what would have it happened. It does feel just like, I think the, the you, the person to the parents, it does feel like it's not your business. It, Absolutely. It just, you're trying to be. It really isn't. Like you're, if you've decided you're having sex, whether you're 16 or 26, like exactly, you're an independent adult person in your mind. And while maybe I would have liked parental support through it at the time, at the, at the actual time, it did not feel like anything I needed or wanted to share with my parents. It's hard because it's something that, as you said, you felt very alone. I also felt alone. But at the same time, you want support, but you're also an independent person. And you really internally are yeah. dealing with all of these aspects of it. And it's confusing. Yes. And you don't have anybody to talk to because nobody talks about their abortion experiences, especially in the era that you and I grew up in and any time before that. Yeah. So well, we're doing it now. You talk about it much later. It's true. Yeah. It's true. And I hope that as these generations continue, that it's talked about earlier and earlier and earlier until it becomes more and more normalized because this is a normal part of being a woman. Yeah. So anyway, I get in my mom's car and she's like, did you have sex? And finally I broke and I was like, I did. And she was like, it's okay. Not to my, I was expecting this woman to be screaming at me. And to my surprise, she was like, okay, it's fine. We're going to go to the doctors. We'll get checked. And I get checked again. My pediatrician that I've been seeing my whole goddamn life. Uh-huh. Embarrassing. Yep. Go to do the UTI check, right? But of course, naturally, Full as I moment. learned, if you have a fucking UTI, a lot of times it's from having sex. Nobody told me that. So I'm walking in telling people that I might have a UTI yeah, and everybody's amazing. going, you're 16. Did you have sex? Which just feels like you're revealing something about yourself yeah. that you weren't ready to do. Yes. So now looking again, back, you're like, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Those were those were intent. Those follow up yeah. questions make a lot of sense. Yeah, yeah. Because I did have a period in my time yeah. that literally every time for like honestly seven years, every time I had sex, I would get a UTI, which that is to be talked about at another time. But like again, women's health and dirty penises, which I'm just saying, tongue scrape. Yeah. And shower. Yeah. For the love of God. That is part of where it came from. So anyway, so my mom's like, okay, I see, I see you. I hear you. Let's get this figured out. Let's get you on meds because that's fucking uncomfortable. And I've had many in my life. Great. So I go to my pediatrician. We do the UTI test. I pee in a cup, whatever it is. And of course this pediatrician comes in and is like, should we do a pregnancy test? And my mom was like, yeah, I guess we should. And I was like, why does everybody know that this is a thing? So I'm like, okay, fine. So then sh- they test in the same urine, whatever. But that that doctor <laughs> decided 
reminder, I'm in Texas, decided to take it upon herself. And this is part of the, like all of this was trauma for me that I've had to work to get over. This woman, before we even knew what the test said when it came back, because by the way, we weren't going to find out for like two days because they had to send it off to a lab, came back in and said to myself and my mom sitting in the room, like, okay, if you are pregnant and I'm sitting here being like, you guys are batshit crazy. There's no way I'm pregnant. Yeah. Stop saying that. But she's like, if you are pregnant, you have to know that you have to have this child. Otherwise you're going to commit suicide. Okay. So, which is an alarming thing to say to literally anybody. Um, I felt so very attacked and I am as a person just like, I don't do well with being told I did something wrong. Mm-hmm. And this is like, at the time, the most extreme version of doing something wrong. And a very impressionable age. Very impressionable age. So she's telling me that if I get pregnant and I decide not to have this child, which is my own decision and my own right and none of your business, that I won't be able to make it through my life and I will want to commit suicide because that is the wrong decision to make. And I remember just, it was like a blur for me sitting in that room experiencing this. And this is my childhood doctor that I've like literally been seeing since I was a baby saying these things to me. And when you're 16 years old, you look at adults still at that time, Mm -hmm. kind of is like the words of wisdom, whether they're right, wrong or indifferent, because we don't know any better. Yeah. So I'm sort of sitting there being like, what the fuck? is going on and like maybe I wasn't prepared for whatever is about to happen to me but like this is a lot by the way nobody talked about how like she just decided to take it upon herself to give me this speech which shouldn't be allowed you're not my mother you're not my friend you're not anybody but my doctor that's supposed to give me medical advice this isn't medical advice she's also the woman that told me and in hindsight not the best doctor because she's the woman that told me that when I was vegetarian as a child, which I've been since I was six, that anything that I was feeling, the remedy for that was to eat chicken salad. So like, grow up. Not just meat. Not a nice arrow no, Specifically bone chicken broth, salad. Chicken salad, and <laughs> it can be from fucking Ralph's. Literally, chicken salad. So Copy that. Man. I don't know that I think that she's the best doctor in the world. Um, I wouldn't say she's the end-all be-all. No, no. Okay, great. So... I remember my mother, and this is why I love her so much, because her children are her everything. And like, if anybody was meant to be a mother in this life, it was her. And she ripped this woman, maybe three new assholes. I'm not sure where all the holes (laughs) went, but they went somewhere. (laughs) Some holes were ripped. Some holes were ripped because she screamed. screamed at her Mm -hmm. like who are you to tell my child Mm -hmm. that this is the right wrong what who are you so i remember that just feeling like so supported and protected in this moment that was really really traumatic for me and then so we left the doctor's office without any answers i didn't know if i was pregnant i didn't know what that scene was i didn't realize how real this would be in my life (laughs) funny enough just to add to the comedy of it We then went to like a a CVS or a grocery store or whatever to get a pregnancy test to take it home. And it was a two pack, right? So there's two of them. 
And I was too scared and upset to go in to get it. So my mom went in to get it for me. And she ran into the grandmother of my best friend at the time that was there the night that I lost my virginity, all of the things. My mom pregnancy test in hand and this woman's talking to her. And I remember my mom coming out being like, guess who I ran into? It was like, so it was just like a funny full circle moment. And it just added to the whole experience of the day. So got the pregnancy test and I remember going home taking it with her with me and it showed up as like what we read as negative like the line that was positive was so faint that we were like that's not a line and but it was like end of the day you're supposed to take these things for anybody that don't know first thing in the morning and i remember my best friend came over at the time who's no longer (gasps) my best friend not me i have to say it wasn't you but like high school best friend right best friend at the time came over she didn't really know I didn't I didn't tell anybody because my mom told me not to tell anybody and I didn't realize until later that she actually was thinking about some legal stuff which I'll talk about a little bit later in this because it pertains to my situation but being in a state like Texas like you do have to think about these things which is another fucked up layer so I wasn't telling anybody at the time. My best friend came over and I remember I was feeling so relieved and I like we went for a drive and I just feel like a new person where I was like, okay, I understand sex now. I understand protection. I understand all of these things. And I went through this hard thing and I just dodged a bullet. And then my mom was like, you should take one the next morning when you get up because that's when you're supposed to take it. So I had this whole day of like relief. And then the next morning I took another pregnancy test and it was for sure (laughs) fucking positive. (laughs) Couldn't have been more positive than it was. Um, Uh So false alarm. Yes, I was pregnant, which was devastating and honestly like a blur, which circle back to I took the plan I took plan B and I took it the way that you were supposed to and I just so happened again women's health to have sex on a day that I didn't understand was probably the literal actual day that I was ovulating that that's when the plan B doesn't work because I don't want people to think that plan B doesn't work but if you are ovulating that day and it fertilizes the egg that fucking day because it's all that's what's happening like there's there's really so much you can do but that window is so small and I have such good luck uh, in life that mm-hmm. I, that it was too late and yeah. plan B wasn't going to save me. So I was pregnant. And um, I remember my mom telling me, like, don't tell anybody because we're going to wait till we hear back from the doctor to make sure that this is all true and real before we, like, sound the alarm bells. And I remember I took math class with my boyfriend. That was the class that we shared. And I remember, and it was the last class of the day. And I remember my mom being like, you guys should both come home and I'll share the news because I was waiting for that. And I remember us both. he didn't know. He did. I mean, he knew that I was getting a test, but I think we both like didn't take it as seriously as it was because literally it was my first time ever having sex, right? Like what are the chances? They really are low, but... I got them. No, but this is just a good example. Like, it happens. It happens. I know so many people that have sex without protection, and they're totally fine. But it's just sometimes it happens. So I remember coming home with my boyfriend that day, and my mom had to break the news that I was indeed pregnant. And he was really loving and caring that day, as you fucking should be. And... I remember my mom telling me, like, you don't have to make the decision right now. Like, think about it, no matter which I am so grateful for. And I recognize that not everybody has yeah. 
this support. Not everybody has the resources, etc., to be able to make a decision like this. But I remember my mom said to me, you don't have to make a decision yet. Think about it. Make sure you think it through because it's a big decision and it's your decision. It's not his decision. It's not his parents' decision. It's your decision. It's your body. It's your life. It's ultimately going to be your responsibility. Mm -hmm. And I remember distinctly, and this was important to me personally in this experience, my dad was out of town. He was in China. He visited often. So he was like not only out of town, but he was far away and he would go for like a month at a time. And he's also like a big part of my life, but he was gone. So it was my mom and I going through this together and him, I'm sure like kind of in the loop, but I hadn't seen him. And like, I think being a daughter going through this and having to talk about that with your dad is a little bit of a different experience than doing it with your mom. Mm -hmm. So I didn't have him around at that very moment. So I remember, and because I found out so early I couldn't have an abortion, whether it was with a pill or the traditional way, because it was too early. So I had, I don't remember how long, it was like a week or two, which felt like a lifetime mm -hmm. to be able to make that decision. And I remember telling my boyfriend at the time, I don't know what I'm going to do because I really wanted to manage his expectations and make him yeah. realize this is my choice, yeah. my choice, yeah. not yours. It's my body, yeah. which was just the beginning of me recognizing the importance of that understanding. And that scared the shit out of him, understandably, but it scared the shit out of him. And I remember distinctly my mom telling me and telling him, you don't have to tell your parents. Not because she was trying to be secretive, yeah. not because she was trying to be shady, but because she knew the, the legal complications of if, if I decided not to have this child mm -hmm. and get the abortion that I did get, that his parents could come after me and it would ruin my life. His to this day, to my knowledge, why, like lightly. So I, uh, to be honest with you, in legal terms, I don't know that I can fully explain why, but I do think that in the eyes of the law, like this is both of our children, and if they say like, oh, I got an abortion without yeah. their consent, because it's like conservative leaning, right? It's conservative leaning. If I got an an abortion without their consent, they could sue me because it's like that's their grandchild or that's their son's child that I made a decision. They could spin that story and that. I made some, cho which again, it's my choice and he supported, but yeah. in the eyes of the law, if your parents are coming in, being involved, we were minors, you know? So the parents I think had a lot more say in this than if I was over the age of 18. Yeah. So my mom was, was smart enough to recognize that at the time. I didn't understand that until I got older and I don't think he did either, but he didn't, he wasn't rushing to tell his parents. To my knowledge, they still don't know. Hmm. Um, and that's fine. That's for him to yeah. decide. That's not my story to tell over there. I actually wonder if my person's family knows. I bet you they don't. Or like if he's ever talked about it with like his friends. Cause like, Maybe. Because I've talked about it so mm -hmm. lately. And then I talked about it very publicly, but just on Instagram stories. Right. And I did tell my mom and my dad before I posted those stories because I wanted them to hear it from me first. Fair. And now we're talking about it here. But, like, I still... It's almost, like, easier to talk about it to everyone in a situation yeah. like this versus, like, someone. Especially when it's someone that you, like, 
yeah. intimately know. Yeah, like I don't know. I haven't kept up with him, so I don't know if he's his friends or family know like what happened or how that all. Because it was a big part of our kind of like end. Of you course, know? obviously, it's a big like part a huge of your part life too. Of your life story, yeah. and like when all these like political things are happening, I wonder. Because I feel so directly affected, even though, like, mm-hmm. I hope I don't have... That's the thing. Like, I, do- I hope I don't need another abortion. Mm-hmm. But if I do, I hope I can get one. Right. And, like, and we are, like, white. Yes. Have... In California. Enough money in, in a not... Allegedly. Like a, yeah. In a state that is yeah. not conservative. Yeah. We have... I can get an abortion if I kick, want to get an abortion. In theory. But there in could theory. be a time... That that gets harder. Like, it's hard yeah. for women. Yes. I know. And depending on your demographic, where you live, et cetera, et cetera, it is hard. But it could be hard for all of us no matter what soon. And I mean, that's it could be really impossible. scary. It could be impossible. Not Absolutely. hard, but impossible. Absolutely. And I, think, I think I just, I wonder if he's at any, you know, in any way vocal. Either with I his friends so. and family, if not publicly, about these sort of issues and rights and non-rights you know it's interesting i think about that too with mine i know that we're friends but we don't talk about it often like we have communicated through all of these like political experiences that are happening and recognizing it and he's been very kind and sweet about it i know he's talked to his current partner about this um your guy yeah my guy but you know, I, I don't know. And and it hits different. It yeah. hits different when it's literally not your body. And that's kind of part of the whole point. Okay. So anyway, um, we figure this out, right? And part of my trauma, which is like unique to my own story, it's not like necessarily like, oh, everybody that goes to an abortion like has a version of this. Like I think mine is a little bit layered and this like adds to my experience as a person and I'll add to it because it adds some color to the story. But anyway, so he finds out about it. I felt supported in that day, and I knew that I had some time to figure out what I wanted to do, which ultimately I decided. It, I was 16. I was. I just got into fashion school in L.A., which, spoiler alert, I went to, and I still live in L.A., and like that is where my and life went. works in fashion yeah. and costume design. Like, I got to do all of my dreams, which I remember specifically thinking at that time, like, I will have to give that up. I remember understanding that that is, yeah. And I would have. I wouldn't have moved to L.A. I would have had a child, and that would have been my priority in my life. And I had to make a choice. This is the thing, too. I think, like, as it should be. If you have a baby, that baby should be your priority. Yes. And I feel like we talked today, I think, about Mm -hmm. the difference between like selfishness versus having and not having kids. And it's like there's a selfish aspect to both. Mm -hmm. And there's a selfless aspect to both. Absolutely. And like your life and your career path and your interest trajectory would be different regardless of what you chose. So you just kind of have to choose your own adventure. Yeah, I think so. So, and I was adult enough to recognize that I was at a transitional space in my life and this decision that I was making was going to affect all of it. So I had fashion school in LA as one of the choices and then like having a child with this person that I was wholeheartedly aware of might not be my forever person. And I remember saying to my mom, like, I don't know if I want to be attached to this person for the rest of my life. 
because I don't know if they're my person yeah. or not. This is my first boyfriend. Mm-hmm. So, God, right. if I were, if I stayed attached to my first boyfriend, wow. Oh my God, it's a Trauma. thought experiment for all of us, not to great. be honest not with you. great. Don't get me wrong. I think that this person that I was with turned out to be a lovely, wonderful person. Mine is he didn't. my person? Maybe not. Yeah. I did not. And we all make choices in yeah. life. Yep. So I, um, I really spent some time to think about this. So like it was a big, de- it was a big decision for me. It's not a big decision for everybody, but it was for me. And I took it very seriously. And I had all the layers of this doctor screaming at me in one ear and my mom telling me her experience me being 16 and having this whole life of college ahead of me that I was maybe giving up. And I eventually got to the decision that I was having, I was going to have an abortion. And I opted to not do the pill because for whatever reason that sounded scary to me. And I decided to just go in and do the procedure, which was at Planned Parenthood. Mm-hmm. And I remember at the time I had tell, and my boyfriend at the time like was scared shitless whether I was going to keep this child or not. And finally I was like happy to tell him that I wasn't because I knew that that's not what he wanted either. But he also knew and respected that that was my choice, which I appreciate. And I remember making the appointment and going to the planned parenthood and me calling him, wanting him to come with me because this was an us thing and not a me thing. As it should be. And he was unreachable. Oh, well. He conveniently went to his, like, lake house or whatever, like, whatever it was, and then, like, didn't have service, which I know was not fully true. He just didn't have the capacity to deal with it, which is what it is. We were 16. But that was hurtful and hard, and I felt alone. And while I was so lucky to have my parents support me in this, and I wasn't physically alone in it, I still felt alone. So my dad came back in from China the day that I saw him was like literally the night before I had to go in for my abortion. And he knew. He knew, and he was so kind and sweet about it. He didn't say much. He's a man of few words. But he was physically there. Literally him and my mom took me to this appointment again walked walked through picketers all of the things which is so so deeply traumatic and like i'm sorry if you're walking into planners are crazy they're crazy and if you're walking in to make that decision in your life you've thought about it yeah you guys standing outside are not changing our minds you're just not you're just not you're just causing more trauma in our lives And that's what it was. I remember like shielding myself, not looking because my mom didn't want me to see it. She was like, it felt so dramatic. It is. It is. It feels like being a celebrity in like the worst way possible. Um, So I went to Planned Parenthood and I remember they were even a little bit like short and nasty there. And I'm sure it's because of the laws and the things that they had to deal with. But my mom, it was expensive. Like, I think it was two grand, something mm-hmm. of that sort. Like, it was in the grands mm-hmm. that I was like, oh, my God, if I had to do this secretly, I couldn't mm-hmm. I couldn't have squandered couldn't my pennies it. up. I could barely pay yep. for the plan B that I needed. 50 bucks. Yeah. Yeah. And because um, you're an actual child. Actual you're child. A, you're a kid. It's actual child. You're a teenager. Yeah. And my parents paid for it. Thank God. 
And I remember my mom was like, I want to go in with her for like, because you have to do the thing like you did, where it's like they forced you to do a sonogram, which is physically invasive. And Mm -hmm. then I remember they forced me to stare at the screen for an allotted amount of time. I think it was maybe five minutes, like something ridiculous that I had to stare at it. And they had to explain to me that this was my child that I was choosing to get rid of by law. And that was traumatic. And I remember them saying to my parents, like, this is her decision. She decided to do this on her own. She has to finish this on her own sort of thing, which is just such a bummer. Right. So you're in just alone. No matter how much support you have in life, you just are forced to do this alone. So I had the procedure um, and I decided. uh, Yeah, I had the procedure. And let me tell you, it was not worse, like than my worst period, which is another story. It was uncomfortable which and is, not fun. I just, I just want to say for uh, like, <laughs> um, on your behalf, mm-hmm. your periods because of the touched upon endometriosis, allegedly, mm-hmm. which we think is pretty, yeah, it's pretty, pretty certain. We've pretty ruled certain. everything else out. Um, like, it's not a walk in the fucking park. No, it's not. Uh, But this thing, like, I will tell you, an abortion sounds like a really scary thing. And it is emotionally traumatic. It's a whole experience. But if you're worried about pain or any of the other stuff, like, they know what they're doing. It's, it's like, it is Especially at Planned Parenthood. Which is, like, a a reputable place where, like, this is part of the service that they offer on their list of services. Like, I, for all... For all the shit that Planned Parenthood gets, I feel like they offer so much to people who are in crisis mm-hmm. and in need. Mm-hmm. And also, like, I found some great pastors there. It's true. And I felt really in good hands. I had a gynecologist at the time that I was working with before I had this procedure that was making sure that I was safe and good. But legally, in the state that I was in, she couldn't perform this. And she yeah. knew that. But she supported it. And she was incredible. Like, truly the most incredible one of the most influential incredible women in my life at that time if larry stepped on one more wire it was scary drawing all that i was about to eject him from the kitchen it's fine he's snoozy now okay but this one was amazing and she's the one that led me to planned parenthood and i felt very knowledgeable and supported in that process and she also made sure that in the aftermath of it that everything was good but legally in that state she couldn't perform this yeah. so planned parenthood is one of the only options you yes. have especially in a i don't know who state. else i would have called to be totally honest i don't know either like who else do you call i don't know i don't know and again i stress planned parenthood is not the abortion place but it is the place that you call for something like that it kind of is it is but i think that people don't understand when you're trying to get rid of planned parenthood you're not just removing the ability to get an abortion for women you're also removing like it's also my annual exams yes sci sd checks exactly birth control female health it's female health it's all the things it's women's health Women's this is health. A, this is for another day, but like when you went to get STD testing, yes, as you yes, should, yes. as you all should be doing, mm-hmm. we find out they only test for things that men get. So if you I, go to a regular place. Long story short, I wanted to go get like a fresh, like updated test. Kirsty went with me. Thank you. Mm-hmm. And Always. We spent just like a couple hours, like going to this clinic in West Hollywood. And turns out it was like a clinic. And once I find, you know, you wait in the line outside, then you wait in line inside, and then you get called in, and then you go to the second room, whatever. This whole thing. It's free, which is great. Mm-hmm. It's really great. It 
it has so much benefit but I got into the room and I was like by the way do you test for like these things that it was like bacterial vaginosis and all the things that HPV, women experience HPV, whatever any of those things that like women would experience and they're like oh actually we just perform like male tests here so if you want to do like women's tests you, you should go, to go somewhere else Parenthood. yes <laughs> literally the literal only place yes. that will do that and we were there for maybe two and a half hours yeah. i'd yeah. say yeah like um forgivingly yeah. yeah, two and a half hours, and it's like I got I got my test, but like it wasn't seventy five percent of it. Yeah, it didn't feel like full spectrum. Right. So again, it's like things that people don't understand. There's other things that they do that are like really really important. So going back to, I went to Planned Parenthood, did the whole thing, had the abortion, like uh, again was in good hands. So sorry because just because I didn't have this experience, and I don't know if we've really talked about this, mm-hmm. and you don't have to, mm-hmm. but like you had the. F- like kind of like more the full, vacuum. like invasive experience. Like, can you just, is there anything that you're able and willing to share about like that experience? Actually, actually I do have a lot to share, but I will preface with again, <sighs> Planned Parenthood is amazing. And anything that I experienced is not a result of them. It's the fact that, there are laws in place that prevent them yeah. to do the best thing, there are a lot the of best things that they can barriers do. Barriers in place, right? Yeah. So my experience of having the abortion was like not the best. They can only put you under local anesthesia, which is sort of like twilight, is what they call yes. it. Yeah, yeah. Because they're not allowed to do anything further than that. Similar to like getting an IUD, and they don't do literally anything, and that's so traumatic. And I guarantee you, in another ten years, we're gonna be like, that's fucked up. And also, I'm just gonna say. I haven't had an IUD. Me neither. I'm just going to base off of TikTok stories and like friends, but like if you don't think getting an IUD placed or oh my god, unplaced or replaced is traumatic, literally go fuck yourself and like turn on a news channel. Just think of this little tube, right? This like line of a tube that Ooh. has like two little arms that pop Ooh. out. Ooh. Put it through your little dick hole. And then let it pop out with no anesthesia. It's not going to be fun. And hold on. And then it lives there for five years. Yeah. Like there should be some anesthesia. I do think it's being talked about a lot. And I'm so glad because it is something that we all collectively as women have been like, oh, that's a scary thing that we all know about that nobody else does. This is similar. So there are things that like I'm going to say that sound really fucked up. This is not a diss against Planned Parenthood. They are literally doing the best they can with the laws that are in place. So I was under twilight anesthesia, uh, which means that I was basically awake, but sedated. So I remember everything. Like I could hear, see, experience everything, but I couldn't physically move. Mm -hmm. And that was a little traumatic for me. Which is crazy. It's crazy. And that's not against them. I think if they had their way, they would put me under full anesthesia because it is a traumatic experience. And it is scary to hear and feel this vacuum coming in you. It's to hear all of the like metal devices clanking together, to feel the pressure, all of the stuff. A pap smear is traumatic. So I can only imagine. There's like a little device. It's funny. Like I went to this uh, in New York. I went to the sex museum and they had the thing. I don't even know what it's called. I call it the duck for lack of a better word. And I feel like you're going to know exactly what I'm talking about. When you get a pap smear, they put this like metal thing in you that they crank open. I call it the flower. (laughs) That's a much nicer way to look at it. But it's unfair. It's literally like a duck beak. though. It's metal. 
and it's, it's been the it same opens. way yeah. since like the 1800s like mm-hmm. i've seen antique ones they look the mm-hmm. same mm-hmm. and they crank it open it is so uncomfortable mm-hmm. And I just, so much of that hasn't changed. And it's such a bummer to experience it over and over again. So anyway, to feel all of that stuff, feel the pressure, experience, like experience the sensations of it. It's just more than I wanted to know or needed to know. But I got to be essentially awake, but not for all of it, Um, which was hard. And something that i will note on that i've learned about later and i still don't fully understand but this contributed to the after effects of this because i didn't just have an abortion it didn't really work the first time i got it again it's not against planned parenthood i have a tilted uterus which a lot of people don't even know is a thing and when you have a tilted uterus you can't just perform an abortion the way that you normally would because if your uterus is tilted it kind of collects everything that would normally come out of you and i don't think anybody really realized that at the time i don't know if we have more knowledge now i even was like this came up the other day for me and i had to research some stuff because i don't have a full understanding about all of the things that affects that that affects right so because of my tilted uterus, they did the abortion. My uterus is tilted. The things that would normally have filtered out of my body stayed in there. Mm-hmm. So I went through it. I remember like waking up from twilight feeling okay. Like I wasn't in pain, but I did like go and throw up because I was really sick from the medicine. And then I remember distinctly my mom getting me like a sandwich from Corner Bakery, like my favorite thing. And then they were like, and you can go back to work tomorrow or school or whatever it is. Which you shouldn't. I'm sorry. You should have some time to recover. But us as women, they're like, great, you're fine. You experienced this traumatic thing. Now you can go back and pretend like it didn't happen, which I literally did. I took a half day off of school, did my thing, went back the next day. Did my thing. And pretended as if it was normal. Yeah. And had the abortion. I remember I had to like wear all of these pads and take certain medicine for a certain number of weeks. Right. So. Um, fast forward, my boyfriend at the time was on the lacrosse team and he had a lacrosse banquet. And this is the fun, like colorful part of the story that I really love that I had a friend at the time who was like best friends with his best friend. They weren't dating, but she was like, let's get dresses, right? To go to this lacrosse banquet. And I remember thinking like, oh my God, I can't wait to just like go back to feeling like a teenager again and getting to do something like go to my boyfriend's thing. I ended up not going dress shopping with her, but we sat across the table at this banquet. I had a nice time with my boyfriend. And I remember that night, like these pads that I had were like three inches thick, like an abnormal thickness of a pad that I was walking around wearing essentially a diaper before when I was getting a dress, like I bled through all of that, bled through my jeans. And I remember thinking like, is this normal? Like, I know I just had an abort- I don't have anybody to consult. No. But I don't have anybody to consult. Right, right, yeah. But I'm like, I just want to be a normal kid. We're going to talk so much more about this in coming episodes. (laughs) I just want to be a normal kid. But I'm bleeding through my jeans. I'm bleeding through this like very aggressively thick pad. But I don't want to tell anybody because I want to just go have a night with my boyfriend tonight and be normal again. So I was at the mall with my dad, I remember, and I didn't tell him. I didn't tell anybody because I knew if I told them, I wouldn't be able to go that night. So I put this cute little dress on, sat across the table from this friend of mine and his best friend, did the whole thing. Come to find out, flash forward later, all of this time that I was going through what I went through that I just uh, told you about, he was cheating on me with this girl, which is great. 
which again we makes him look shitty. It. Really adore him now. We're, we were young, not ideal. But that's just like a fun extra traumatic layer. And um, I remember that night, again, bleeding through another set of pads, doing a whole thing. And then the next day, the pain started to hit me. And I woke up that morning and was like, I think I'm dying. And I told my mom I was crying. I was upset. We went to the emergency room and couldn't get in. We had to drive to like two other emergency rooms to get myself in because they were all like, I don't remember exactly. Like I was in so much pain. I don't remember exactly what was happening, but I was like, as somebody that experiences periods at a rate that like most women don't like the pain level is so high and I had already been experiencing those in my teenage life. This was the worst pain to this day that I've ever felt in my life. We're trying to get into the ER. In hindsight, with the laws that are currently in place in the state of Texas, I quite possibly could have died um, if this happened to me just a few years later. Because what was happening was all of the stuff that was supposed to have been vacuumed out of me got stuck in my tilted uterus and my body was having what it felt like was a miscarriage and but it couldn't get everything out so it was just severe pain that i was dealing with and i needed to have what they call a dnc which is a legal um uh it's not legal anymore in texas in the state of texas but at the time was a legal medical procedure that 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 gynecologist that couldn't perform the abortion on me could perform the dnc because that was to literally save my life um, and they just kind of scoop everything out on the inside of you. That's the best way to put it. And I had to go into the ER. I eventually got into an ER that I was able to get a DNC performed on me and they were able to like successfully get everything out and I was okay and all was good. And from then on out, I was able to heal and whatever. But again, I was very alone. Boyfriend was nowhere to be found. My parents were there, but it was sad painful traumatic and now looking at what's going on with these laws put into place i if we had to drive across state lines to get a dnc which is what you would have to do now i don't know that i would have been okay so i think that that is so important to understand that there are like key medical experiences that you need to be able to have access to to just like stay alive that so, women need that women to. need access to to stay alive so you know it was a little bit of a two-part process for me there's like a lot of layers of trauma and like the story yeah. of the like cheating and this extra girl in the background and like there were things that played out in oh that, that is that like a spoiler teaser it could be like there are some Bread things crumb? that happen there. Yeah. Which like if there's I go more for another episode, it's not a whole lot, but there's more. And it's no. it's a very interesting extra layer to the story, which just, again, adds some color to it. It's not like, you know, this is an abortion story. It's oh. like this is my unique version of it. But there were layers to it. And uh, again, having access to a place like Planned Parenthood to get me through that and then being able to like go to a medical professional to make sure that everything was done the right way under the laws that are in place like i it's just a, a real bummer i think about my personal story and how that played out and how differently that could have played out now as a 16 year old kid and how that would have affected my future and the things that i'm contributing to the world now that i wouldn't have been able to do had that gone differently and it really it really makes you think about it so anyway um 
all that to say the trauma that I experienced with it, which was a lot, I've mm -hmm. healed from it and I don't regret a single thing. Mm -hmm. I have a good relationship with this person that I went through it with, which is a story for another day. And with your mom. And with my mom, which truly like brought us to a place that I never would have expected. And she really is one of my best friends. I've bonded with my friends about it. I've understood more of what's going on in the world and the news and politics because of my personal experience. It's just been like, it's, it's a lot. It's a lot. But I don't regret it one single day. I would do it all over again, even with the knowledge that I have now. Yeah. And that's that. And that is what it is. And, and this is girls telling stories. It really is. It really is. It, it really is. actually really is. Yeah. Um, well, for today, you can put your rings back on. <laughs> They're still off, guys, because I take off. this seriously. We'll take a picture of the wine and the cards that we pulled. Um, and not to leave you in a vulnerable place, but we are three hours in and I think this is a solid starter episode. I have some baking to do. Kirsty has some massage compression to do. do. We both have some wine to drink, if you can believe it. So I feel that this is a good pin to play. Do we have a positive sentence to leave everybody with? Do we? Well, I think my positive sentence that I'll leave this with is literally sitting here right now in this moment with my very best friend in the world that my fills my life. My actual favorite person. Literal favorite person yeah. in the world. I had a meltdown and she didn't leave me. No, I left I, her more. No, I but I had, I had a real meltdown, like a, a real secret meltdown. And I love her more. But like getting to see her life and the things that she's accomplished, getting to see my own life and the things that I've accomplished, living in the city that we live in, experiencing the things that we experience day by day. Like I am so fucking grateful for this life that we have. Yeah. Part of that, part of our both, both of our experiences that we just shared have gotten us to this moment in some way or another. And I just wouldn't do it any differently. And I'm, so happy to be able to talk about this today yeah and hopefully make somebody feel less alone than i felt in that time mm -hmm. and i think that that's really special and that's my uh positive way to leave it i do too and i think like it really it truly is from 16 to 26 like that's mm -hmm. a lifetime mm -hmm. those are different people mm -hmm. and we both have different stories from our respective timelines yeah. and just the different ways that we've handled it and where we are now being similar like same same but different mm -hmm. but also everything else we talked about I feel just there's so much I'm not saying we condensed it by any means but like there's so much to sort of like dissolve into dissect yeah. jump into and we we have the phone number off the top of my head, don't know what it is, but it is in <laughs> whatever we're sharing right now. There's we'll a phone it. number attached to it. It's shareable, we'll make it clear. and we will share it. So, like, you should call us with your stories, and they Please. don't have to be about the or abortion. questions, questions, concerns, feedback, thoughts, insights, stories. I mean, girls telling stories. I really feel like the name came to me because I was like, it's you and me podcast mm -hmm. voice noting. And we're just like two girls fucking telling our stories. And we're doing it seeing each other every day. Mm -hmm. 
And I know there's, like, we started with abortion because it felt so topical, and it is, and will unfortunately probably continue to be, and we'll keep talking about it. But, like, there's so many other things to talk about. That are unique to the female experience that I think just doesn't always have a platform. Hopefully more and more it does, but... And I'm not add. famous. You're not famous. We're no. not like two people from like TV or reality TV. No, from, or you don't like know who something. we are. You don't know who we are. We're just fucking randoms. Yeah. But like if you feel a little bit seen or a little bit heard during this three-hour episode, <laughs> then I think we're your friends. That's just how I feel. It's true. The way that we end these like excessively long voice notes is like, I can't believe you made it this far. And thank you so much and for doing so. And if you did... So. I love you so much. Yeah, and that's kind of how I feel right now. And that's it. Yeah, how, that's yeah, that's how we end. That's that's how we should end it. Yeah, I love you so much. I love you so much, and like, call us, let us know. But like, otherwise, I think this is all I have to say for the next fifteen minutes. Those are all my words. Those are all my words. Okay, bye.